We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys here with you today. And guys, we had a lot of talks with people on social media talking about, you know, what are the pros and cons of this new head coaching position that the Colts are probably going to have coming into the 2023 offseason? You know, we assume that Jeff Saturday is not going to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts going forward. You got a whole new thing going on with, you know, the new quarterback and a couple other things going on. So, you know, what are some pros and cons to when that position gets to be where the interview process is going? What are some things that the Colts are going to be able to pitch to candidates? And what are some negatives that they're going to have to overcome? So we can go ahead and talk about some of the pros of this position here and Cody, I think that the number one thing you could talk about is this team is more than likely going to get a new quarterback this offseason in the draft or through free agency. And you would assume that as soon as the season is over in, you know, in early February, that, you know, you're going to be able to chat with a lot of these coaches and say, hey, you know, if you become our new head coach, you're going to have a say in the direction that this team takes with a guy that you like. What do you say to that possibility? I mean, that alone should be enticing. Well, it'll be interesting to see over the next four or five weeks where the Colts end up in draft position. Currently, they sit at number nine. As we stand right now, I'll be interested to see, do they move up during this bye week? You know, are they in the top five? You know, where do they end up? I think if they're in the five to three to two range, and that's definitely, you know, a lot more enticing, obviously, because you're going to get one of those top three guys, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I, so I think for that alone, um, that'll be something that, you know, a luxury that honestly Frank Reich never had because he inherited Andrew Luck for one season. You know, this is something that that this will be great for whoever the head coach candidate is. They'll have their choice of three, four guys here, you know, within the top five, top ten picks that they can go with, you know, and they can go a lot of different directions. So that alone should be enticing, knowing that you're going to have the option and likely the you're going to have the final say in getting the franchise guy for this team, and you're going to have him on a cheap deal. 
So those two things are really enticing. And you get the opportunity, you know, depending if the Colts go for more of a, you know, offensive approach like they did with Frank Reich, more of a defensive guy like Pagano, you know, do, does that coach kind of look at it and be like, wow, I have the opportunity to help groom a rookie quarterback, you know, a guy with traits and develop him potentially into, you know, a star in this league. So, yeah, that should be alone a, a very enticing thing. But like I said, we'll see where the Colts end up here when everything's said and done. Yeah, and then, like you said, on top of it, you know, you have that high draft capital that you wanted to mention. I mean, of course, you know, with the high draft pick that you're going to have here this season, and, you know, maybe as, you know, things develop, maybe you, you know, still have that next off next off season because of, you know, the issues with getting acclimated to a new system and a new quarterback. Maybe things go that way. I don't know, but right now you definitely have a lot of capital to uh, run with here in 2023 for this stuff. So that's definitely a good sign, you know, from managing certain things in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have a high second-round pick most likely. Um, you had that third-round pick from Washington. So you're going to have a full, you know, potential draft, uh, you know, board, uh, draft picks and stuff of that nature. And I'll be interested to see, do the Colts trade some guys, potentially get some other picks as well, and start try to load up in the draft and get rid of some of those higher contracts that they have on their roster currently. So, yeah, that'll be definitely enticing, Just just having – there are a lot of opportunities to really improve this team and really get some high profile players. And then going with, you know, the idea that, um, you know, now that you're going to be in the system and you're still trying to figure things out with not only head coach, but OC, you know, now if you're the head coach, you now come in and now you can adopt and present a new offensive philosophy in this t- in this organization now because now you know Frank Reich is gone you know if you want to replace Parks Frazier which most likely will happen in the offseason bring somebody with you that you like that you know is going to come in and provide you some good time you know that's the connection world that we live in now you know it'll feel good to know that on the offensive side of things that you're really going to be running the show in a lot of ways because offensively you're going to have free reign to pick who you want to have run this offense and design things for you. That's got to feel good coming into this uh, kind of situation, especially if you're looking for an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, you're going to have full control. This offense is in total disarray. So I think uh, any change is a welcome change for this team offensively. So, yeah, you know, if they do hire an offensive guy, he's going to be able to basically bring in his guys, um, you know, and we'll see on the defensive staff. I would assume they would just clean house and just start over. um, And then, you know, he'd be able to get his staff on that side of the ball, too. So they'd be able to just kind of figure out philosophies and bring in a new one, um, you know, whatever that looks like. So, yeah, definitely. And then, of course, when you're now looking at the talent of things, uh, you have a solid defense on the other side, Cody. Um, I don't care what any other Colts fan says. This this Colts defense is a fringe top 10 defense uh, the way it's currently constructed, how things are going to look in the offseason. I'm not 100% sure, but you do have a lot of pieces on that defense that definitely makes this team have the ability to at least contend on the defensive side of the football. And that's a good thing. And then of course, like you mentioned to me, 
you know, the skill positions for you on the offense. You know, you have some young, talented guys over there. You got Michael Pittman, you got Jonathan Taylor, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, and then those tight ends in Granson and Jelani Woods. You know, you have a bunch of these guys that if all of them actually are staying this year, because we don't know what's going to happen throughout the offseason, maybe one of these guys gets traded for a draft pick or something. Either way, you know you do have some guys on this offensive side of the ball that are capable of, you know, doing some things with the right kind of offensive philosophy and the right kind of quarterback throwing them the football. So from a personnel standpoint, and then on top of it, like we said before with the O-line, yeah, the O-line's been really bad this year, but ever since Jeff Saturday has taken over, while the offensive line hasn't been great, uh, it hasn't been horrendously bad either. So yeah. that's a good sign of where things can come. If we, you know, get somebody on the offensive line coaching staff that actually knows how to get the best out of these guys and maybe with, you know, another year of development for Ryman who gets stronger and maybe Will Fry's at right guard. Maybe we see some more things going on from a personnel standpoint. How does it look for a coach coming in? I mean, very enticing. Um, you talked about, you know, offensive line. I wanted to touch on that again because, you know, if Ryman can continue to improve like he has, that is a huge position that you potentially fill at a left tackle. Mind you, a position that you have missed on and you really have struggled to fill since Anthony Costanza retired. So, you know, you couple that on top of the potential to get one of these top quarterback prospects. You know, the great thing is you don't really have to touch tight end or wide receiver. You know, you might want to add a little bit to maybe wide receiver. I could see that or maybe get another tight end if you've got ties with Mo Ali Cox. Like, you know, I could see them doing that. But like, really, the talent is there. You have invested a lot in these two position groups. Um, and it's really, you know, reap the benefits of it. And I really hope the Colts bring back Paris Campbell because I do think he has something and he provides something unique on this offense that they don't have when he's not out there. So from that perspective, you have guys now that have proven that they can make plays, you know, in the passing game. You know, all of these guys have tremendous upside, I do feel. You know, with Pittman, we already know what he can do when he's actually targeted. Um, Alec Pierce, we know what he can do on the 50-50 balls, even though he is still very raw. Um, he's only going to continue to develop as a route runner. And then Paris Campbell, like we mentioned, he's got that speed. And then you got guys like Kylan Granson, who's had a great second year. Jelani Woods, when he has been targeted, he has shown that he can be a playmaker. He's already got the size, and now he's starting to put it together. When he actually gets the ball, I know he has some concentration drops and stuff of that nature at times, but the talent is just immense with Jelani Woods. So, yeah, the great thing is when you bring in a quarterback, you don't really need to do a whole lot to surround him with some offensive weapons. He's already going to have some of those guys if you keep them all on your roster next year. Yep, absolutely agree. I mean, and like you said, there's there's opportunities to fill more. And, you know, that's what free agency is for. Hopefully, you know, Ballard understands that and, you know, ends up going a little bit more aggressive here this offseason, especially on the offensive side of things, because uh, we've seen him do it with defense and it's worked quite often, to say the least. But offensively, he, he hasn't done it. So, and then one other thing before we... uh you know, move on to the cons of this is despite what people say about Jim or say, 
he is still an owner that wants to win football games and he's very passionate about it. Um, he, that's all he wants is to win football games. It is very apparent. And, you know, you want to be, you would want to be a part of an organization where an owner, even though he has his flaws, especially which we're about to talk about here in the cons, you know, at the end of the day, you see the passion that comes out of a Jim Ursay and, you know, until you lose that passion, which I mean, obviously, if you're trying your hardest and you know you're you're showing that you got something in you, then Ursa is not going to turn on you for any reason. Just at the end of the day, you know, with somebody that comes in with a lot of fire and wants to work for an owner that has that kind of passion, that's what you're going to get in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Jim Ursa can will be one of your biggest supporters. I will say that. Like he has shown that. Sometimes to a fault, he has shown that, that he will back those guys. You know, he's shown that with Pagano. He showed that, we, we know, with, with Ballard and Reich for a number of years, even though they won nothing. You know, he still showed uh, a lot of tremendous support for them. So, yeah, definitely a guy that wants to win and will be loyal to his guys. Yep, absolutely. Now, we shift to the cons of this position. And, uh, for the same thing we talked about with the Colts having uh, the opportunity to go and get a new quarterback, that is also a negative here, Cody. You have to look at it on the flip side of things. You know, if you had a franchise quarterback right away and the previous coach just wasn't getting the job done and you feel like this is a franchise quarterback that I can get behind and once I implement my system, he's going to thrive, it's a different story than, you know, taking on the pressure of having to help select a new quarterback and then having to, you know, train him in all these different ways. Right. So on top of it, you know, it's a good thing that he's getting the opportunity to put this new quarterback in, but it also requires a lot more work and effort going into that situation. Yeah, 100%. I could also see it on the flip side of it being a positive because you could potentially have some more grace there knowing, oh, it's a rookie quarterback. We're building around him. He's going to have you know times where he doesn't look great. He has rookie moments, you know? So maybe that does buy you some more time, and maybe it does, like, if you had a franchise quarterback, it takes some of the pressure off. But I get what you're saying because, like, you know what you have if you had a franchise guy. Like, you know, this is a really great, you know, to elite quarterback. All I have to do is make sure that we utilize him to his best of his ability, right? I don't have to work to develop him necessarily. Whereas when you draft a guy, that's all what you know, that's what you have to do. You have to help develop this guy and and you know see what he is and evaluate. So it's a longer process, and you know it's a wild card in a lot of ways when it comes to quarterbacks in this day and age, and and just rookie quarterbacks in general. So yeah, that is a lot of pressure to try to figure out the next franchise quarterback and whoever it is you do end up taking. You know, how do you get the best out of them? You know, how do you help their development and not hurt their development? And then when you're talking about, you know, the pressure of everything and we talked about it uh, going into this, you know, you're going into this now in the fact that you have to fix this offense. Like this offense was so historically bad this year from a franchise standpoint. Um, And then, you know, like you said before, there's a grace period, right? Like, it, it, there's a time when you need to try to, you know, work some things out. But of course, you know, if you get there right away and then, you know, the, it doesn't get fixed right away. 
you wonder if your head's going to be on the chopping block before you even have a chance to even do anything, right? So uh, before you even get a chance to see this thing even work out, right? So it's one of those situations where the offense is so unappealing to a lot of people. You know, you're wondering if even any of the candidates believe that they can even actually fix it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then when you're talking about the free agency situation, you and I talk about it. We've mentioned it several times that uh, Chris Ballard and his free agency style, it, it is so unappealing to a lot of people. Uh, this offseason, you know, they went and um, got a couple of defensive players. They went and got Yannick Ngakwe. They went and got Stephon Gilmore. Fantastic acquisitions on the defensive side of things. But on the offensive side of things, you really didn't do anything offensively. You didn't really go and get any running backs. You didn't go and get any wide receivers. You only drafted one. Uh, you let all of your offensive linemen walk out the door and just decided I'm going to be okay with the guys that I have. That hasn't worked out for you. And then, you know, you went and got Matt Ryan, who, you know, has been a complete and utter disappointment this year. Um and that has been Frank. That has been Chris Ballard's style, right? Never really going big splashes, right? When it comes to free agency, um, even I think the biggest movie ever made in free agency was, you know, going and getting DeForest Buckner. But even then, that was a trade. You know, I wasn't a free agent. That was a trade. So that that's a different scenario than what it is of actually just going and acquiring players. And you wonder, like. You know, there's a lot of coaches that talk to their GMs and there's a ton of GMs that are a lot more uh, aggressive in uh, the way they acquire players than Chris Ballard. And it makes you wonder, you know, do I really want to go to a place where, you know, like the GM is so hesitant to want to go and get players that could really impact our team right away? Yeah, and... Yeah, I definitely could see that that being a concern for head coaches is just like, you know, we saw what happened with Frank Reich. Now, I'm not saying Frank Reich didn't deserve to get fired. He did. But you have to admit, Chris Ballard didn't do him any favors on offense this yeah. offseason. You know, so I think both can be true. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're a guy, especially an offensive guy, and you see the track record of Chris Ballard and not really getting guys in free agency, like guys that could have made an impact. Like you look at some of those guys that Chris Ballard could have went and got, but he decided not to, that really could have changed this team and really could have helped them out and solved a lot of their issues. And we just decided to sit on our hands, think that Matt Ryan could fix everything. And that did not happen at all. So yeah, I would definitely uh, say that is a hesitation for sure. Uh, would be, you know, if Chris Ballard is still here, um, if he still is the GM, um, I don't see why there's a lot of coaches if they, they see that he's safe and he can do whatever he wants. Why would I want to go work for that guy? You know, mm -hmm. like, I don't blame him. Yep, absolutely. And then, of course, you know, what everyone's been talking about this year, right? With the antics of everything that has gone on this year, right? So the team drastically underperforming this year. And then the owner got sick and tired of what was going on and said, I'm about to, I'm about to make some moves. And it, you, whether you like it or not, you know, you guys promised me this and you didn't deliver. So now it's time for me to, you know, step in here and I'm going to eliminate some of these people from the building. 
you know, regardless of how you feel about it or whether or not it's a, it's a deal breaker or not, you can't, you got to imagine though, Cody, like the, the media eyes and fans eyes around the NFL are all glued to this decision about who the Colts go with their next head coach. Right? So all the media wants to know who's going to get hired, right? So they can pick you apart, tell you if you're good, tell you if you're trash, tell you all these things, right? Whether or not the Colts made a good decision. So, you know, it's a lot different than, you know, some other organizations who felt that, you know, either the coach definitely deserved to be gone and that, you know, somebody else needed to step in. But here, you know, you got the entire media world wondering, you know, what the Colts are going to do next because of the circus that's been going around on the building in the last month. So got to wonder, you know, how many head coaches want to have to deal with that? Yeah, like a medley owner. That That's just, ugh, that's sketchy, you know? Um, so. That is definitely a factor, definitely a con in this is, you know, Jim Irsay, is he going to take on more of a Jerry Jones kind of, you know, kind of role, kind of leadership style um, and, and really be hands on on it? And do you want to tie yourself to something like that if you're a head coach, you know, um, you know, kind of similar reasons what I mentioned, like with the GM, like, you know, Frank Reich was the first one on the chopping block. And, you know, if you put your if you put yourself in a position of a head coach, um, and you look at it and you say, well, was Frank treated fairly? You know, there are questions about that, you know? And so it definitely would be a hesitation as a head coach, seeing how that was handled and how that was honestly, this, the optics of it were not good. Um, so seeing that it's like, do I want to like put myself in that position, you know, with, with this circus right now, that is the Colts, um, and the way that they've handled things. So yeah, that definitely is a con something that, that people are going to have to, head coach candidates are going to have to consider like, is that something they feel comfortable with? And I don't know what the answer is. Absolutely agree with you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it guys for our pros and cons of whoever wants to become the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Let us know your thoughts guys. Um, what do you think some of the pros and cons are of this team and trying to acquire a new head coach going into 2023? That's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for all the support. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.